Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an IT Business Owner. We are so excited you're tuning in for another episode today with us. I'm Taylor Thorson, back again with Ryan Goodman, president of Connect Booster and also podcast host. Yeah. Today we have a fun episode for you guys with Frank Benedetto. He is the CEO of Two River Technology Group, but also the founder of Audit. So yeah. He's been MSP for around 17 years. So he's been in the industry a long time. And he's seen both sides, right? Uh, agreed. MSP side, vendor side. Yep. So he can really speak to a lot. Agreed. He uh, uh, he created Audit out of a need that he had inside of his business to do a better job of uh, selling. And you know, one interesting point, and I want you guys to pay attention to this, is he had talked about doing a disservice by not selling well to his right. client base. Right. He also really talks about being an early adopter of the cloud, which mm-hmm. Now in the times we live in, we see the importance of the cloud and yeah. being able to pivot. And he was kind of pioneered that in, he, in a lot of ways. He talked about that in the uh, uh, the benefit of that in the pandemic. The other thing is his recurring revenue model. He was doing that before he understood what, what a MSP was, right? <laughs> yeah, so that was really cool. Absolutely. Well, so much good information and we hope you enjoy. Frank, welcome to Confessions of an IT Business Owner. Thanks for being on, man. Have me, Ryan. I feel like we're in church here or something. Like I'm in the pew and I'm gonna do some kind of crazy confession. But uh, it's great to be here. Man. Well, what do you need to confess to, Frank? I just, I was, I, as you said that, I'm like thinking. I'm like, I don't have notes here, so I gotta, I gotta put some <laughs> thought into it. So by the end of the show, maybe I'll confess to something. So at the end of the day, uh, I'll tell you right now, you don't look nervous, so I think you're probably good. I think uh, you're probably good. Yeah, you know, from New Jersey, right? So I've got a lot of practice at looking. You know calm how to keep secrets. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Within the family. Oh, that's all good. That's all good. Well, hey, thanks again. I know, you know, I say this every time, but it's Friday, right? I always do these on Fridays when everyone doesn't want to be working. So I know your time is valuable. So I really appreciate you being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's uh, let's kick off. I mean, you have a you have a unique uh, uh, situation as a professional, right? I mean, you you're the CEO at Two Rivers uh, Technology Group, as well as the founding partner and CFO over at uh, Audit IT Sales Presentation System. So um, I'm hitting that right. Am I correct? You got it. It's a mouthful. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I have been an MSP for uh, about 17 years now in New Jersey. Uh, love doing that. And uh, developed Audit um, out of a need that I had as an MSP to, uh, to, to help sell more easily and to get more of my customers to say yes and get the products and services that they needed. Well, and I think uh, we don't need to be shy about saying it. MSPs need help with the sales process, right? Myself included. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you a, an interesting fact. Of course, I, I know the answer because we did a little pre-interview, but I think it'd be really cool for the, for the listeners to learn. You know, what's one of those interesting things about you that uh, few people know? Oh, so I, I believe you're talking about my little cameo on The Prophet. I Marcus am, Limonis. yes. You are, you are, yeah. So um, it's more um, coincidental. It wasn't really planned. I okay. have a, a really good buddy of mine. He used to live down in Miami in Coconut Grove. Sure. And uh, so he's got some friends down there, and he says, hey, meet, meet us down there. We're going to go see a few bands from the 90s live and uh, Bush and I think Our Lady Peace. So I was like, yes. yeah, I'd love to relive my, uh, my, my, my younger days. So, so I fly down, I, I get to the hotel and he's like rushing me. We have to meet up with his buddy and, uh, we're going over to the Biltmore hotel and, uh, he's like something about the, the prophet and he doesn't even know who Marcus Lamonis is. So yeah. I mentioned that he goes, yeah, something like that. 
So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What, are, what are we in for? So as it turns out, his buddy is good friends and and he's a possible investor in um, this, um, this uh, it was like called Skinny Latina Hot Sauce or something. Sure. And she's on The Prophet with Marcus Limonis and he's filming a um, the, the spot where he has mock investors from, I think, the University of Florida. And, and so it's at the Biltmore. So we show up and, you know, the cameras, everything's going. And I think we're just going to stand along the sides. Like this is kind of, and I'm like, this is cool. Like I'm happy at that point. I'm like, I'm gonna go home with some hot sauce and I get to watch this filming. And they're like, here, sit down, sit down. So he, you know, Marcus says hi. And next thing you know, we're at like the front table. And I'm like, this is crazy. We're in like an episode <laughs> of the profit. Right. So, you know, just, you know, like a bunch of camera angles and things he's standing behind us and, uh, I, I kind of forget about it. And uh, a couple months later, I'm, I'm on vacation in, in uh, Arizona. My buddy texted me. He's like, did I just see you and Tony Martin on The Prophet? And I started laughing. I'm like, we're on? So yeah, so the time zone difference was perfect because I was able to, oh, like, oh in two hours, it's on out on the West Coast. So I, I watched it. So yeah, I was on a, I was an episode of the, of the Prophet, man. I'm pretty proud of that stuff. So Oh, that's crazy. Anyway, that's... yeah, it was fun. It was just, it was a fun experience. He was very cool. Uh, spent a little bit of time afterwards with us, but anyway, that's fun incredible. factoid for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Um, yeah. shift gears on you a little bit. So I'd love to learn how, how, how did you get started in the IT industry? So I think back, you know, in the eighties, right. When I was growing up, it, it wasn't all that cool to like computers and stuff. So I the forced 80s, my, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, I, I, I kind of forced myself out of the um, like the desire to want to you know play with computers, and then sure. when I got into college. I, I recognized that I kind of had a, uh, a penchant for it. it; was pretty good at it. So I, I got out of school with an engineering degree. Didn't want to do engineering, so I went into the financial services world and uh, spent a bunch of time doing consulting and working for a, a large um, financial services firm. Sure. And the agents there started to refer me business. So they'd say, hey, we are we have a client. It's an accounting firm. And hey, we have a client. It's a, uh, a law firm. You know, they're looking for someone to do IT. So in the 90s, things were a little bit simpler. And um, I started building Two River Technology Group. And then one day I realized, you know, I'm a I'm like an IT guy trapped in a, in a financial services world with a whole side business. So I I flipped the hustle around and yeah. uh, and, and Two River Tech became the primary and um, the financial services firm became my client. And that's kind of how it grew. That's really interesting. So did you start out? So when you, when you, you know, flip that switch, you know, change the hustle, um, were you an MSP right away or was it more like you're fixing <laughs> problems when they came up? So I was an MSP by accident. Um, I, what I did was I, um, I figured out a way to generate recurring revenue by monitoring firewalls. So interesting. So, so from day one, um, and what I told them was, and I had a good excuse. I said, listen, I have a primary job, right? So this is my side hustle. So I can only support you. If you listen to me, we design it properly. We document mm -hmm. it and we monitor it and I'm going to charge you monthly to monitor it. Yeah. And then when you have support, I'll bill you for it. So I figured that way they couldn't yell at me if, you know, I didn't get to the support because I wasn't charging them for that. But I but I started generating that recurring revenue. And then um, I guess a few years later, um, 
I was introduced to this world of managed services and there were tools and stuff out there. I was like, holy cow, like there's a whole industry. Like I thought I invented it, right? But uh, apparently not. So then I was able to take advantage of some of the, you know, the tools out there, RMM, PSA and stuff. Yeah. And then it made my life so much easier. So I, I kind of only did that. And luckily I learned never to do break fix. So I don't have that kind of like story like, hey, I was fixing computers and sure. I converted on my clients. Everybody that I worked with was paying me monthly already. So I latched on to that recurring uh, revenue pretty quickly and you know, never, never got off of that. So it's, that's the primary focus these days. Well, that's interesting and a little ironic. I mean, you starting out with that, that model um, without understanding um, you know, the quote unquote MSP model, you know, which is right. so commonly known in the industry. Um, and then the ability to sell a contract like that. Now, now you're in that business of helping other people, uh, yeah. you know, really get, really get their process down for, for selling into their market as well. And I know I'm, I'm changing gears. I'm going off script a, a little bit, but you know, audit it was that really born then after you understood the MSP model and said, Hey, there's some gaps in my process or I'd love to learn more about that. No. So um, what, what the next phase of that, uh, you know, really could would thank Gary Pico, who's a you know real pioneer in the industry. Yeah, and Gary, um, Gary taught me I was leaving a lot of money on the table by not not charging, you know, all, an all in a uh, C price for, sure. with the support built in. So we did a lot of converting and then all new clients that came in, you know, no more maintenance only contracts. They were, you know, they included the support uh, traditional sure. kind of services um, where audit came in was. Um, uh, sometime after um, Hurricane Sandy hit in the Northeast about uh, 10 years ago, and we became more of a cloud solution provider, right? We decided, hey, we're going all in on this cloud thing long before everybody else decided to do that. And the challenge I ran into was that cloud, it was probably 30 to 40% more every month. Right. And I have a vendor in there, so we resell a product. And one of the things I learned was I can't drop my price to make the sale, you know, and in, in, in managed services, a lot of MSPs do that. They just, it's a race to the bottom. And eventually you're like, Hey, you're the cheapest you get the business, right? Sure. doesn't scale. But so when you have a vendor, eventually you go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up at a point where I make nothing. And the only person making money is the vendor. Right. So I needed a better way to sell, to be able to communicate the value. And, uh, that was really what, what, what was the impetus behind audit? I said, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna lose another deal based on price and that that's on me, right. As the MSP. And I'm yeah. thinking that who's the real loser in this is the, is the prospect that I'm talking to, right. I, I'm talking at a level way above them. Technically they can't understand. And they say no, because they don't see the value in, in, in what I'm selling and they move on and arguably, you know, back then they might have bought an inferior solution and, and that was on me. So I sought to do something about it. And that's really where audit came from. You know, you made a statement there that I think is uh, uh, really key and a unique way of of how you view the product was you're doing that that end prospect uh, disservice by not communicating appropriately. But I think we can both agree, especially this day and age, if we don't have proper solutions in place, we are doing them a disservice because there are a lot of threats yeah. out there as well. Right. I mean, 100 percent, you know. A lot of the vendors um, tout themselves as channel only, which is what the MSPs love. And, you know, that simply means that the vendor doesn't sell direct, right? Mm -hmm. So like a Dell would not be an example of, of channel only because you can go buy direct from Dell. Sure. But so many sure. of the of the great products and services that are out there in the industry are channel only. 
So that means the end user doesn't get it direct. So who, who has to sell it? It's the MSP. So the two river techs of the world are sandwiched right in the middle of that supply chain. And if I can't um, sell properly, or like what I like to say is allow my end customer to make a really good educated buying decision, then um, I, I'm failing at my job is the way I look at it. And yeah. the real loser is that customer, right? Because they are the ones that go without the, the product or service. And then they're the ones that take the risk with spyware and, you know, uh, um, ransomware, et cetera. So, yeah. so that's how I do look at this is I have an obligation here to, to, to sell better. And that's really my main job. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great, great perspective. And one that, uh, I, I think is just really valuable for, for the listeners because it's just a, it's a unique take on it. And I think, uh, it just instills a lot of confidence in our right to win, right? To get out there to the market and, and, and get deals too. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, that's great. Um, so you had said something earlier, about um, your first your first real deal as an IT service provider was in the financial services industry. Did I hear that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so to to build upon that, I mean the the financial services industry in general, you know, heavily regulated. Um, you know, what are some of the challenges in that that you've encountered as you've you've served that that vertical in your business? Yeah. So I mean, I think other than healthcare, maybe now, you know, financial services is the, probably the most heavily regulated industry out there when it comes to, to technology. And we see more and more um, laws and, and things being enacted all of the time. Um, so um, because I came from that industry, I was really familiar with the requirements and right. um, things that are a lot more complicated now than they were back then, you know, it was back then it was like you needed antivirus, I think, and you were pretty much all set right now. It's a whole lot more than that. Different game. <laughs> yeah, certainly. But um, one thing I liked about that industry and serving, it was one I had a background in it, right? So these guys uh, knew that I understood the lingo and, and what, what uh, the, the challenge and task at hand. But um, compliance basically was telling them they had to do something. So um, I like filling that order. And yeah. uh, and I found it was a nice niche for us just because yeah. of my background. I said, well, someone else is telling you to do it. I just happen to be the guy that has your solution and, and I can implement that for you. So it became a natural uh, vertical and a primary ver vertical of ours um, as we went forward. And, um, you know, even to this day, um, you know, that's probably our, our largest category and what we really um, build a lot of our security stack around and, you know, I'll tell the other industries like, you know, legal and accounting and other professional services say, listen, we're playing probably to the highest level of security in the market. So, you know, everybody else who maybe doesn't have those, those same stringent requirements, you can sleep easy at night knowing that if you were yeah. a financial services firm, you'd be okay. And if you're, you know, if you're a plumbing outfit, you're, you're fine too. So, yeah. you know, we got everybody in, in between there. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Um, I'm going to tie back to another thing that you had mentioned earlier, uh, talking about an early adopter of, of cloud, you know, um, yeah. operating, you know, your clients <laughs> in the cloud. Um, and tying that to the, the pandemic, obviously that, that hit real quick. I, you know, I'm almost, <laughs> I'm almost hesitant to talk about it because I think everyone's kind of oversold on, on talking about yeah. it, but I have to imagine um, you were in a really nice spot when everything flipped so quick because of that, yeah, that business model that you had adopted. One thing that I, I, I've always recognized was, you know, being around for a while and you walk down the vendor hallway, there's always a theme, right? And um, about 10 years ago, cloud was the theme, 
<clears throat> and it was like super exciting. There was a cloud. Everybody had cool names, cloud this, cloud that, yeah. and every booth you, you went to, and there was a promise of something. And so um, I was sold on the fact that the industry <clears throat> was going to move that way, right? And I was resigned that I'm not going to be the last MSP selling an on-prem server, and then I turn out the lights and go out of business. So I, I was... I wanted to figure out uh, what I wanted to do. And what I found was that a lot of MSPs couldn't figure out how to change their business model and survive because, you know, there, there's a little bit less profit in there, but there's a whole lot less support. And so you have to kind of go all in on it. And we were, we were looking, uh, you know, to partner. I didn't want to build it. I wanted to stay on the, the front end and the service delivery side, right. of it, not, not sit in the data center and hurricane Sandy hits in New Jersey you know, a lot of New Jersey without power for like 14 plus days. And we learned a really painful lesson about pure managed services was that it's very deficient in business continuity. Hmm. And so, um, you know, we always talked about it, but it was like pie in the sky, like, well, that'll never happen. So no one wanted to spend the money. Well, all of a sudden I have all these clients that are like, we need to be in the cloud like yesterday. So my new partnership, um, I said, well, you know, I'm all in now. And we start moving people over to the cloud. And the more we moved, our, our internal ticket count went down and the things that used to stress us out, like about all that on-prem, the data, the hardware yeah. and stuff started to go away. And I was like, why would I abandon this model ever? Right? So we were early adopters. Um, people of course thought back then, Hey, you know, somebody in a foreign country is going to steal all your data. This is crazy. Sure. You got to have servers on-prem. And I said, okay, you do that. I'm going to, I'm going to go this direction because I still would say the server in the hallway is not that secure. Right. <laughs> and, um, so you fast forward all these years, that's our model. And we, and I can tell you, I count on one hand, probably a number of servers I've sold like physical on-prem in the last sure. like five years, like, like hardly any. So we go after, uh, businesses that are looking to, to that fit our model. And, yeah. you know, when we explain it, it's hard to say no to it. And, um, uh, so when the pandemic hit, um, we were sort of like, well, I guess we just continue doing what we're doing, right? Like our model was work anywhere anyway. And, you know, you look at our website, you know, it says, uh, you know, work simply, work securely, work anywhere. And that, that was already our mantra. So, um, I was shocked at how many MSPs were talking about, like how, like remote control solutions and splash top and log me in. And I'm thinking like, that was 10 we're, years ago for we're us. Beyond like, this, yeah. yeah, like you're still figuring this out. And so um, our clients were super thankful. They were like, thank God we can do this. Now, I thought it would be another hurricane that would like we'd look really good. I mean, right. who would have predicted this pandemic? Right. Um, but it, but it served us well. It's worked well for us. Clients are really appreciative, see the value. And now, you know, we've made a name for ourselves. And so now we've got a lot of prospects coming to us that know about us, knew what our brand was. And they're like, we need to be on your product because what we're doing and hasn't really worked um, through the pandemic. So that was kind of, you know, how we, how we saw it through, but we were fortunate that we picked it. And, um, last point I'll make about this was, um, the vendor hallways are full with cybersecurity vendors and, and for right. good reason. But I've always sort of said that, um, it was tilted a little too far away from business continuity. Everybody mm -hmm. got blinded by the security side of it, but I can tell you every business owner is like, I want to be secure, but I got to be able to run my business, right? So we're starting to see a tilt back towards the business continuity aspect right now. And that's where our product fit well. So, so it positioned us well, and I think we did a good job for our customers. Hey guys, here with a quick break from our show to remind you to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening. 
If you have suggestions for future episodes or you want to be a guest on the podcast, email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll be sure to point you in the right direction. Lastly, to find out more about our guests, check out their information in the podcast description. Thanks for listening to the confessions of an IT business owner. Let's get back to the show. That's awesome. Um, couple, couple things I picked up on there. Um, one, one big one was, um, people coming to you because, you know, you're getting some brand recognition, uh, around the model. Um, incredible. I mean, how many people can say that, you know, a lot of people feel like they're struggling, you know, to, to right. get business. So some, some cool, some cool magic going on that. The second you, you had mentioned, um, evaluating businesses that fit your model because you know if i'm reading between the lines there um you're getting inbound people that are interested you're also being very uh prescriptive in hey this is how we work this is how this is how we're going to best uh protect and serve and right. you're not creating yourself uh you're not chasing dollars and creating other problems because you're you're chasing dollars you know you've got a you've got a formula right did am i picking up on that right or am i just, yeah, yeah, am i just feeling dead space here no 100 okay. um i'm just I'm, I'm agreeing with you um you know over over time our model um is pretty simple it's always based around some sort of assessment and yeah. i've always said to the prospect even from day one listen um before i can sell you anything i need to understand what you have and what you're trying to do and more importantly you need to understand where you're at because i i realize most um most prospects don't know what their current state is, right? Mm. They have a head full of spaghetti of what they feel are the problems. Sure. Um, but I need to figure out, like, I'm not there just to sell a firewall, right? I'm on a long-term relationship, and if you're going to sign a three-year deal with, with us and, yeah. and we're going to support you, um, I want to make sure that this is going to be good for both of us. So we start with that assessment. We go in. We show them where the deficiencies are. I listen really well. When they, tell, when they talk to me, they're telling all the reasons they're going to buy from me. Um, a lot of MSPs 100%. go in and can't wait to tell them the origin story of the company and right. all about themselves and all the products. You know, they mention all these products like it means something. Wrong. Um, I go and I listen. I take a lot of notes. I ask um, a lot of like probing questions to understand um, why they'll say yes. But at the same time, I'm going to look technically and see where they at, where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then we 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 come in on a second meeting and we show them. And for the it's it, that, this is where the audit report comes in. It's it's, it's usually the first time anybody's ever organized the spaghetti in their head into something that they can understand really easily. And I don't have to give them a, a PhD in technology to get it. And then we show them what our solution is going to do. And we show them what the future state looks like. We show them what success with Two River looks like. And this is the value of that solution. And, and you know, here's the monthly. It's $5,000 a month. I don't take proposals out, right? So what I need to make sure of when we when we vet the prospect in the beginning is am I am I am I is it likely that they'll say yes? Are they going to enjoy this process? This is what they want? So we're yeah. pretty good about figuring that out. Every once in a while, you know, we we, we guess wrong, um, and then we get to the end. And we have a pretty high closing ratio because of that, and that's our process. We don't give them like four or three different solutions to pick from, right? Yeah. We say this is the one you should have. Yeah. If they're looking to spend less money. We say, okay, let's see what we can back out of this and where your deficiencies are going to come back, right? And we do it with, you know, with color, right? You have a green box. Hey, that's great. You, know, yeah. you want to spend less money? Well, now that box is red, but hey, you save 400 bucks a month. 
now you have work. to think of it. Yeah, you know what? Put that back in. Yeah. So that's really become our process. It's worked well for us. Um, I don't over tech it. And I think that that's improved our closing ratio. And, and what I feel really good about too, Ryan, is that, you know, we don't get every one of them, but the ones we don't get, I feel really good that I gave them an opportunity to make a, 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 a yeah. good educated buying decision. And they just decided no. And I usually say it's no for now. Right. Yeah. And I can walk away from that and sleep fine at night because yeah. I didn't, I don't feel like I confuse them or, or put them in a position where they could never say yes. Cause they just don't understand what I'm talking about. So. Oh, that's, that's great. I, I feel like uh, there's probably a second episode. I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, that that sales process and, and of course, you know, combined the, with the, the tool audit IT that you've you've built, you know, to to make that process simple. Um, I just think there's a lot of listeners that could learn a heck of a lot, uh, not only about your tool. I mean, the tool is something if you're not using it it's it, anything is expensive right connect booster any anything is expensive if you're not yep. using it but um this sounds like it fixes a problem if you put the right process in place utilize the tool for i mean for a problem that's an issue in our industry you know growing new sales and and, and growing right. the business so um again i don't want to put you on the spot but i'd love <laughs> to have you come back yeah. and talk a little bit more about that and we could talk about some some tactical things uh, about how MSPs can get educated and utilize your tool and uh, start adding some cash to the bottom line. Yeah, I would love to do it. Uh, cool. You know, it's right, my, it's right in my wheelhouse. I love talking about it. I love helping MSPs too. You know, um, that's part of the the cause here and the why around audit was yeah. uh, I, can't, I can't work with every company. You know, heck, I can't even work with every company in my local area. So right. love love to help other MSPs be successful and help more of those SMBs who we all are serving. So yeah, I would love to come back and talk more. Sweet. About that. Cool. Well, we'll get that scheduled up. Um, one question I wanted to ask, I'm just wrapping up, so I won't keep you here all day, but, uh, no, I'm having fun. um, you know, what are, what are some of the best resources that you've found? I mean, you certainly have a, a, a prescription and a strategy in how you run your business. And you mentioned Gary, Gary Pika, you know, earlier, yeah. um, you know, what are some of those resources for, you know, maybe new managed service providers that are, you know, getting their feet wet and starting to fixing out or, or someone that's been in business for a while that's trying to retool, you know, what are some of the places that you, you would send them to learn? Yeah, so I think um, no matter what, having some kind of peer group, um, mm. and, and you know, different ones have different themes. Uh, like I've been in Robin Robbins peer group for yeah. probably about twelve plus years now, and you know, that one's more marketing centric. But um, I've learned a ton across every aspect of my business. But I think getting into a peer group, you know, Gary's got um, some peer groups, um, right. you know, and there, there's other ones like you know, TBG, and mm -hmm. um, you know, and several others out there. So I think getting around your peers and, and learning best practices from them um, has been invaluable for me. Um, and we all make mistakes. And, you know, I like to learn from other people's mistakes, not necessarily uh, yeah, right. my own. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that that's super important. I also think um, some of the peer groups do some benchmarking. Right. So you get mm -hmm. your business to a certain point. And then what you want to make sure is, is um, of best practices like, you know, are my margins good? you know, can I continue to scale at, at this level? So I think uh, that comes uh, with some business maturity. So again, some peer groups wrapped around that, um, or, you know, Paul Dipple comes to mind Yeah. and there's a few others. So, you know, and then again, Gary Pika teaches that as well. Um, but, you know, like those 
types of groups I think are, are really valuable, um, whether you're starting out fresh or whether you're been around a while and you're just looking to make some tweaks to make sure that, you know, the numbers look good. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Great insight. Um, so any, any final thoughts as we wind down again, I know it's Friday. I don't want to keep you all afternoon, but you know, anything yeah, you're you like, did, Hey, you Ryan, did, you, you missed this. You didn't mention at least I use connect booster. I mean, I think we have to at least mention. <laughs> well, I try custom. not to be self-serving. Oh man. I now know, it sounds like I teed you up for that. Huh? No, yeah, no. So <laughs> I, you, I promise you didn't team me up for that, but I would be remiss if I didn't say, um, how awesome your tool is. And, and I'm going to tell you a I quick story that. because I, I wasn't, I didn't use it from the beginning. I, uh, I think I, it, you were down a vendor hallway and you didn't have the cybersecurity. I didn't side, have cloud or cybersecurity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, ah, nothing sexy about this. So I moved right. on, but, um, uh, you know, sort of in the vein of talking about like working on your business, um, uh, during the pandemic, you know, the world kind of slowed down a little bit mm -hmm. and, um, we, we didn't have as much chaos because I think we had the right product uh, out to our to our um, our customers. So I started to look at certain things. And one of the things that um, became a problem as we grew was was the whole billing payments thing and everything sure. from, you know, I was spending a lot of money on um, on the credit card processing. But the one thing that was killing us was um, at the end of every month, we had to go into our payment processor and update all the monthly contracts. Right. Right. And they're different every month. And, yeah. you know, it's fine if you have like two clients, but, you know, we have over 90. And I was like, it's not only tedious. Um, I was faced with hiring like another person to manage just this. And it just seems silly to spend the money there. So um, I went back and took a look at what you guys had to offer. And it was like 100% exactly what I wanted to use, right? So, so our strategy was we rolled this out maybe at the end of last summer. Mm -hmm. And then got everybody into the portal, got everybody's payment switched over. And then we decided on January 1 of 2021, we were going to charge back the credit card fees. Like we oh, see it's yeah. kind of be yeah, becoming a little that, more yeah. of the norm, right? And, For sure. you know, my message to the customers was, listen, you know, a lot's changed here during this pandemic. We don't want to raise our, our rates and, and prices and things, but costs are going up. So if you're going to use a credit card, I'm just not going to pay the fee, right? You're going to pay the fee. Right. So a lot of people switched over to ACH and the ones who didn't, uh, you know, went on the credit card. So the end result was um, we eliminated a ton of that extra work uh, that we had at the end of every month. The inaccuracies that it ultimately leads to when you just have a, a person like sure. trying, to, trying to do all that. Uh, we get paid faster. Um, our receivables were always pretty decent, but the cost of that to me was we had a lot of people on credit cards, right? So now um, right. the ones you stayed on, we get the, we, we collect the feedback. So um, at a much net reduced um, outlay every month, I've got the best of both worlds, which is your tool works phenomenally well, and I, I don't have to hire somebody else. So I don't have to you know spend another three four thousand dollars a month on a body to do this. I can you know I can get a software package that never takes off and doesn't talk back, and um, and it works really well. And, uh, and like I said, we were able to reduce the cost. So, uh, so great product. Um, you I didn't tell me to that, say man. this, but I have to say, it cause I'm your customer. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, and that was one of the, one of the tools out there. So a really profound impact, um, on the operations of our business. So, so well, thank thanks, you. man. That's, thank you. that's flattering. Definitely, uh, uh, humbled by that. And, uh, you know, where do you want me to mail the suitcase of cash? <laughs> I, <appreciate> <laughs> I want the Star Wars. Is that part the, of the deal? Uh, oh, the, I wasn't supposed helmet. to say that out loud. Crap. <laughs>
Send me oh, a, that's send me a hey, man. Th- thank you for that. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll send that over. <laughs> well, Frank, I will give you the rest of your Friday back. Uh, appreciate the time again. I mean, this this was great, and I, I'm really looking forward to scheduling our uh, uh, second session because, I, you know, this was jam-packed full of value. Uh, that sounds like, I mean, obviously that's going to be jam-packed full of value. So uh, time well spent, man, and truly appreciate you uh, being on with us here today. Thanks so much, Rives. It was a, it was a blast, as they say. Thanks so much. Yeah, it was a blast.